Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to a special edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Merton, and I am joined by Cole Sheldon, my co-host here. We've got a lot to talk about today, Cole. UFC Auckland preview, Bellator 239 preview, and Bellator 240 preview. Um, I already broke. I've already recapped UFC Rear Reg yesterday, so I don't think we're going to get into that. Maybe we'll talk quickly about the main event, but I'm going to focus today on UFC Auckland. First off, Cole, how's it going? And what do you think about uh, these three cards we're going to break down? Yeah. It's going well, first off, but yeah, these cards, like, obviously, Bellator Dublin, her 240, however they're going by it. It's so weird, Bellator splitting up into two. It's like Bellator Dublin, but it's not a good card. Like, the main event's not very good. There's, like, they have, like, 20 fights on the card. Like, like, they have, like, 40 or 42 fights in a weekend. Like, that's way too much. The Auckland card, there's some interesting matchups. Like, the main event should be really good, but it's obviously, like, not a lot of huge names. It's what you normally get with a lot of these Australian, New Zealand, like, fight night cards. You just get a lot of local fighters, so... But there should be some good fights. I'm looking forward to some fighters for returning again, but the, it, the Auckland card's definitely the best one of the weekend. Oh, for sure. I agree with that. And there are going to be weekends where the, but their Bellator cards are actually better, but I don't know if that's the case this weekend. By the way, Cole, I was looking at, the, like, the full card. It's, like, there's, like, 20 fights. It's crazy, right? Like, I was surprised Bellator has that many people on their, on their roster. Anyways, let's get right into this card here. UFC Auckland, we'll start with the bottom, work way up. As always, first fight of the night, women's flyweight bout, Shayna Dobson against Priscilla Cachoeira. Dobson, minus 190, Cachoeira, plus 160. Who who wins this fight? It's so hard for this fight. They're both so inconsistent. I'll go Priscilla Cachoeira. Just Shayna Dobson, she's, what, 3-3 three and three as pro. She's just... I'm surprised either of them got another shot in the UFC. I thought Dobson's going to be caught after that Mazo loss. I thought Cashier was going to be caught after the Carolina loss. Cashier got dominated by Shevchenko, lost Molly McCann, and lost to Luana Carolina. She doesn't have a win yet in the UFC. She's 0 3. Loser gets caught. I think Cashier is a better all around fight. I think she can edge a decision, but this is a fight I wouldn't bet on at all. Yeah, it's crazy how weak this fight is. It's a bad fight. This is not a UFC caliber fight. Haven't been impressed with either fighter. Cachoeira, not impressive at all. Um, she's kind of like a punching bag, man. She just kind of stands there and gets hit in the head a lot. Dobson has at least some striking ability. She has, does have one knockout win in the UFC against Ariel Beck, who really is like a nobody herself. It's a, it's not a good fight, Cole. It's a, it's a kind of a – this is not even – this is not a UFC caliber fight. This is like not even a contender series fight. I really have no idea what's on the card. I went to slightly towards Dobson here just because Cachoeira just – Gets pieced up on the feet way too much. I think Dobson probably outboxes her, wins the decision, maybe knocks her out. Probably a decision, though. No way in hell I would bet in this fight, though. No chance. Do not bet in this fight. Not worth it. Next up, Walter Ray Boat, Mackie Patolo against Takashi Sato. I like this fight, Cole. This should be a fun one. Sato right now, minus 115. Patolo, minus 105. Who wins? I actually like the underdog of Patolo here a bit. I, I know he was obviously disappointed in his debut against Caelan Potter. There was a fight a lot of us thought he was going to win, but. He's really good on the ground. We saw Takesha Sato. He's been choked up before. He got lost to Glacio Franca by submission, lost to Bilal Muhammad in his last fight by submission. I think Patola can get his fight down on the ground. I think he can have success, but I think part of the reason I think he had Octagon jitters, I know a lot of people talk about it. I think he'll be better this time around, and I think he'll get a win here. It might even be a finish. You know, Cole, I'm going to agree with you on this one. I, I do like Patola a little bit as well. I, I'm with you, man. That last fight against Potter, wow, I can't believe he lost that fight. Like, he should have easily won that fight. Potter's a guy that gets knocked out quite often and lost that. But he looked great at contender against Sumter, man. That was hooks the body. He is a knockout artist. And he's kind of fighting close to home, I guess. With He's from Hawaii, if I'm not mistaken. Sato, I guess, is close to you. He's from Japan. But, uh, yeah, Sato, I mean, he did have the nice win over Ben Saunders. He looked good there. 
lost to Blah Muhammad, but uh, you know, he is a guy that has been knocked out before. And I think he can get knocked out here with Patolo. So, you know, I, I actually think Patolo should probably be favored a little bit in this fight. I think people are just kind of uh, down on him after the last fight. You can't blame them, but uh, I do like Patolo here, Cole. I think he probably wins by knockout. I'm guessing that's the way you're looking at it as well, right? Yeah, I think so. It might even be a decision, but... Yeah, yeah. I, I have a feeling this fight doesn't go the full three rounds. These guys just have a lot of uh, finishing ability. All right, next up, women's strawweight boat. Loma Lugumi taking on Angela Hill, who's fighting Kolf six times in 11 months, which is insane. Like, there's no more busy fighter in the UFC than her. She's like the female Don Cerrone at this point. Angela Hill is the favorite right now, minus 200. Luke Boomy, plus 170. Who's your who's your pick? I'm going Angela Hill. I've been – Angela Hill is a girl I have a tough time reading. Some fights I, I think I have a good read, and she either loses or – like that random Marcos fight, for example. Like it still has oh, points on. Like that yeah. was a fight she should have won. I thought she was going to win. And I think Luma's just a bit too young. She doesn't have that experience. She just had her UFC debut. She looked good in that fight, but I just think Hill's a bit too more experienced, a bit better on the feet. I think Hill, Angela Hill will take a decision win here. Yeah, definitely an interesting fight. I mean, the Luke Boomy versus Hannah Goldie fight, all of us would have picked Luke Boomy in that fight. Um, this is a tough one, man. I, Angela Hill, I pick against her every fight, Cole, and she has been winning, so I got to give her credit. She's looked pretty damn good in the last few fights, getting the stoppage wins. But uh, I'm pretty high in Luke Boonry, man. She's only 24. She's 10 years younger. That's a huge advantage. She's uh, from Thailand. She's got that Muay Thai background. And this should be a striking-based fight. I think Hill is just a better striker than a lot of her last couple opponents. I think Luke Boonry matches up really well in the few with her, man. It's an interesting fight. Definitely close one. But I, I actually am going to lean towards the dog here a little bit, Luke Boonry. I think she could outstrike Angela Hill and win this fight. But again, you know, I've been kind of wrong on Angela Hill's last two fights. So, uh this one is not like a super confident dog pick. I just think that this line should be a lot closer than what it is personally. And I am going to take the uh, dog side here with Luke Boonmi. Next up, Cole. I love this fight, Cole. This could be actually be fighting tonight if you ask me. Flyweight boat, K. Kara France against Tyson Nam. I think you just spoke to K. Kara France. You can talk about that interview. Kara France is minus 260. Tyson Nam plus 220. Who's your pick? Yeah, I like Kai Kara France to get done. But this is a – he's fighting – quick turnout you just fought at 245 and what i didn't know is he was already on this auckland card for 245 when he arrived to vegas mick talked to him he's basically like because kai's from auckland he's last time they were there he was sitting front row he was telling me a cool story he's like dan hooker is fighting and i basically just told everyone around him like this is gonna be me next time they're in here so when he got to vegas mick's like we're saving you a spot if you want it and he said no matter what happened that moreno fight even if i was injured i wasn't giving up a spot to fight here so Nam's obviously a tough guy. He's a guy that I think should have been in the UFC a lot sooner than what he was. Lost Sergio Pettis in his debut, which isn't a bad loss. Has all the knockout power, but I just think Kai Kara France is a better striker. And I think we might even see Kai Kara France get his first UFC finish. He showed a lot of power on tough, and I think he can do it here. Nam's obviously a durable guy, but I'll say Kara France by decision, but I wouldn't be surprised if he earned a TKO win. Yeah, this should be a good fight. Cool. I actually think this could be fight of the night. Both guys tend to want to stand on the feet and strike. Kaikara France, definitely an impressive fighter. The last fight with Moreno was a really good fight. I know you talked to him. He got a locker room bonus, which is rare. Dana White did say that he was going to get one. He actually lived up to his word, apparently, which is nice to hear. But that was a really good fight. Cole was at that car, obviously, and uh, it was a really enjoyable fight. He did lose, but uh, Moreno's a, a really good fighter. And he, and uh, Kara France has a win over Riley and Piva right now, Cole, which looks really good. It was a close fight. But after he just knocked out De La Rosa, who Kara France also has a win over, I mean, that, that win looks even better over Piva. And he also has a win over. Uh, Garcia in the UFC as well. He just looked really good in general, man. Tyson Nam's a guy, like you said, Cole, he should have been in the UFC years ago. It's unfortunate it took him too long, but I think 
36 years old, Cole, for a flyweight, way too old. He's, I believe, the oldest fighter in the division. Like, not even, and I don't think he's even close. There's not many fighters in this division in general. I don't think there's many guys over the age of 30. So he is the oldest fighter in this division, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, yeah, he is durable, Cole. One lockout loss in his career to Marlon Marias. I think this fight probably goes a full three rounds, but I think Kara France pieces him up and wins the decision. I am pretty confident Kara France in this fight. Uh, I know the odds look tempting on Nam, but I don't think he wins this fight, guys. I like Kara France to win the decision. That'd be my pick in this one. Uh, it should be a fun fight, though, because uh, both guys are pretty durable and like to stand and bang, so it should be a good one. All right, next up, another prelim bout. Welterweights, Callan Potter and Kenan Song. Odds right now, Kenan Song or Song Kenan, minus 185. Potter, plus 160. Who's your pick? I like Kenan Song here. I've been impressed with him. He's had uh, really good performances. Hector Aldana, Derek Cranston, the last fight was a good win. He has a lot of knockout power. We've seen Callan Potter get knocked out before. He's been knocked out quite a bit in his career. I think Kenan Song might be able to knock out Potter here, but even if it goes distance, I think he's the better striker, which I think, this fight's primarily going to be a standing fight. I think Song's going to either get a decision or a knockout win. Yeah, I like Song a little bit too. Potter, I just don't trust his chin. He did look good in his last fight. You got to give him credit, man. Like, no one was picking him to win that fight against Patolo. He went went out there and got the job done. But that loss to um, Jalen Turner so quick really scares me. And he's been knocked out a bunch of times early in his career. So he's a guy that uh, can be KO'd. And Song does have knockout power. He knocked out Bobby Nash at 15 seconds debut. Also knocked out Aldana. The last two fights... Morono generally is pretty durable. I know he got knocked out his last fight, but generally he's durable. And then Krantz, also a very durable fighter. I, I've been pretty impressed with Kenneth Song. I think he's an underrated fighter a little bit in this division. One of the better Chinese fighters on the roster. I do think he wins this fight. I think he does get the stoppage win call. I think he knocks him out. So my pick's Kenneth Song. I think he wins by TKO. Next up, Jake Matthews against Emil Mech. Pretty solid fight too. Jake Matthews minus 230. Emil Mech plus 190. Who's your pick? Yeah, this is an interesting fight because obviously uh, Emil Meek, he's hasn't fought since July of 2018. He's on a two-fight losing streak, one of those losses to Usman. You can't really complain about that. Matthews, he had a lackluster fight against Rostam Mack, man, at 243. That was a pretty boring fight before that loss to Rocco Martin. Both guys are just, it's a hard fight to call. I favor Matthews just because he's at home and obviously Meek hasn't fought in a while. But I wouldn't be surprised if Meek pulled out an upset win, but my pick's Jake Matthews by decision. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I currently towards Matthews. Um, you know, he's he hasn't really lived up to the hype. I think that a lot of us had, or a lot of, not really necessarily me. I, I think I've always thought he was a decent fighter, but never like an elite prospect. But uh, you know, still only 25, cold, so he's very young. A lot of experience. Been in the UFC since 2014, so he's been in the UFC since he's been 19 years old. So you got to give him credit for that. He has won four of his last five fights. He's looked okay, but uh, you know, for the most part, his wins are kind of over guys on the UFC. His best win would be Li Jingliang. That's a very good win, actually. Looking back at it, Emil Mack, he, has, he doesn't fight that often. Cool. That's my problem with this guy because I remember when I saw him in Venator, he knocked out Paul Harris. I was like, damn, this guy's good. Beat Jordan Mean in Toronto in his debut, and that was a good win for him. But then since then, obviously lost to Usman and Fabinski. He hasn't fought in almost two years. That scares me. Um, Matchup wise, I mean, both guys will probably look to wrestle each other. I, I think this could be kind of a grinding fight. It could be pretty close, like you said, Cole. I do lean towards Matthews, though. Six years younger, fighting close to home, and uh, more experience in the UFC and more momentum coming off a win here over Rostin Ackman. So my pick's Jake Matthews, and I think he wins a decision in this fight. Next up, we have a lightweight bout. This is the last prelim. Jalen Turner against Josh Kulabau, and the odds have. Jalen Turner, minus 200, Kulabau, plus 170. Who's your pick? 
I like Jalen Turner here. Kulabau's definitely on short notice for Jane Malarkey, who they're actually teammates. Kulabau's a featherweight, and Turner's going to be the big guy. Obviously, his last fight against Fubola. I talked to him before this fight, and he said he should have really pulled out. He had bad knee injury, but he was expecting a child, so he said, I wasn't going to fight for a while, so I need that money. It's also his last fight in his UFC contract. He knows this is do or die for him, so I think Turner's going to show out. I think he's going to get a win. I think he might be able to knock out Kulabau just because I wonder how he's Joshua is going to be able to handle the power given he's moving up 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. I'll say Turner by knockout. And I think he gets a probably first, second round knockout. Yeah, it's, I don't know, man. Like, I just don't trust Turner. I mean, he's only eight and five. He's an eight and five record, not very good. And he's been knocked out four times, three times, actually, excuse me. But still, I mean, that's kind of scary. The last fight with Frevola, Frevola is actually an underrated fighter. So I, I think you got to give him a credit a little bit for going the full three because Frevola is underrated. But still, you know, just a one or two record. The loss to Luke, I'll give him a pass on that one. But the Frevola fight, a lot of us thought he'd win that. Kulabal, though, like you said, short nose. I don't know a lot about this guy. He is pretty young, 25. He has an undefeated record. Like you said, fighting close to home here. I, I think the value is on Kulabal, to be honest with you. I just don't know enough about him to make a pick on him. And, you know, Turner, I still want to believe in this guy because. You know, offensively, Cole, he's so dangerous. I just don't trust his defense. I will say this, though. I think this fight probably doesn't go the full three rounds. Both guys, like, tend to finish their fights. Someone probably gets finished here. I think it's going to be turned to finish in the fight, but I wouldn't like minus 200 on him. I think it's dogger pass. Next up, we get to the main card here, Cole. Uh, first up, we got a featherweight boat. Zubair Tuhugov against Kevin Aguilar. Close odds. Tuhugov, minus 115. Aguilar, minus 105. Give me your pick. I'm going with Kevin Aguilar here. Just as... To get him as like close to even money is pretty good. Like, I just don't think Zubair is, is that good. Like, obviously his last fight was his return against Leon Murphy. That's a guy he was set up to win at two for two. He had a draw. He before that he lost to Hanad Mokano in twenty sixteen. He had that huge laugh. He just doesn't fight. Kevin Aguilar's last fight was a decision loss to Danny Ige, and we've seen how good Danny Ige looks as of late. He's beat Enrique Berzola, beat Rick Glenn. Like he has good wins. He knocked out uh, Damon Jackson in LFA. Like. I think Kevin Aguilar can get a decision win, and I think we saw uh, Zubaira gas out at 242. I think Aguilar, if he just puts on the pressure, we'll see Zubaira fade again, and I think Aguilar's going to win a unanimous decision. Yeah, this is a close fight. I mean, the odds look bang on to me. Pick them very close. Like, this is one of the ones I a lot of time struggling on picking. I don't know. Like, Tuhugov, like, the, I thought he beat Leon Murphy, to be honest with you. Like, I guess draw is not a terrible outcome because he said he kind of faded a little bit, but you know, that was after three years away from the sport. So you got to give him, like, some credit there in that uh, he had a long layoff, came back, and at least didn't lose his fight. And the loss he had was to McCaniel. But overall, I think he's a little bit overrated. I, I, you know, being to Khabib's teammate, I think, gets him a lot of press. But he hasn't really shown, like, it in the UFC. His best, his best win is Douglas Andrade. That was six years ago. Aguilar is a guy I've been very high on. Um, very dangerous fighter, of course. Well-rounded. He is coming off his first loss. He didn't look great in that fight against Ige, but Ige is a very uh, good contender. This is a tough fight, Cole. I think he can go either way, personally. I'm going to slightly, slightly lean towards Tuhugov. I, I just think this guy can win this fight by decision. I think he can outstrike Kevin Aguilar and just kind of out-wrestle him a little bit, but it's not a confident pick. I could be wrong about this one, and, and Aguilar could very well pull off the win. So not a confident pick, but Tuhugov, very, very slight lean, just like the odds just. Next up, and I like this fight too, Cole. This could be a fight of my candidate. Magomed Mustafayev against Brad Riddle, who's coming off one of the best fights of 2019 against Jamie Malarkey. Right now, we have Mustafayev minus 130, Riddle plus 110. Give me your pick. I'm going with the underdog and Brad Riddle. I know Mustafayev has looked really impressive. Brad Riddle's fighting close to home. He's a striking coach of like Care France, Adesanya, Volkanovski. 
He's the strike coach at City Kickboxing, and we see how good those strikers are. He's a really good striker. Musta five, obviously, he's coming off that really good uh, spinning back fist knockout. That was his return, just like F after fighting Kevin Lee in 2016. I think Riddell, his pressure we saw in his first fight, his pressure and output, I think that's going to frustrate Mustafayev. I think Riddell's going to take a decision win here, but it's a such a close fight. I think this could easily be fight of the night. Yeah, really good fight. Definitely two guys that uh, will probably stand, stand and trade in this fight, and I think that's what UFC's kind of getting at. Man, Mustafayev looked amazing in the last fight against Fiziev, knocking him out with a spinning back kick right through the guy's guard, which is very rare to happen. And overall, I mean, he hasn't fought that often. He's been in the UFC since 2015, only has four fights, but uh, three finishes. Peter Hallman, Joe Proctor, and Fiziev. And then the one lost to Kevin Lee in 2016. Took three years off after that. Uh, man, I, I think this guy's pretty damn good. And he looked really good in the last fight. But Riddle, for sure, is a dangerous fighter. And the Malarkey fight was incredible. Loved that fight. And like you said, Cole, really good striking. I don't know. I, I, I kind of lean towards Mustafaev. Although I, I do like your argument for Riddle. And uh, I'm not sleepy on him by, by any means. I think he has a good chance to win this fight. But I, I do like Mustafaev. I think he's just a little bit more dangerous than MMA. But uh, we'll definitely see what happens here. It should be a good fight. And my pick will be Mustafa to win the fight. Next up, uh, this fight's kind of tough to call too, Cole. Heavyweights, low-level heavyweights, Marcus Ruggiero, DeLima, and Ben Sassoli. Right now we have DeLima minus 145, Sassoli plus 125. Who's your pick? Yeah, this is a tough fight to call. I'll favor Ben Sassoli with the underdog. I just think he. I we saw in the Greg Cardi fight, he can take a shot. He has a good chin. I don't think DeLima can knock him out. I think Sassoli might have a shot to catch DeLima. I wouldn't bet this fight at all, but just because Sassoli's not a dog fighting at home, I'll favor Sassoli to win here. Yeah, I can't blame you. Honestly, I've really been thinking about taking him, but ultimately I am going to lean towards DeLima just because he's a little bit bigger, a little bit more experienced. I think he does have the wrestling advantage. You know, Sassoli is a very small heavyweight. He should have the speed advantage, which could help him out, but overall he's just he's a small guy for this division. And I think DeLima can just out-wrestle him like he did to Wieserich a few fights ago. Um, the only problem with this guy is like he gasses out a lot, and uh, that scares me. You know, the thing is, Cole, most of his losses are by submission. Sassoli has no submission wins. He's a knockout artist. I don't know. I'm, I'm leaning towards a really awful fight that the Lima just kind of lays and prays his way to win. But uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, I can't believe you've taken Sassoli. I've been thinking about him, too. I, ultimately, I, I might change my pick for this fight once I see the weigh-ins. I want to see the size difference. But right now, I am leaning towards the Lima just because I think he is going to be pretty big in this fight and should be able to uses size to get the job done. Next up, Carolina Kovalkiewicz against Zhaonin Yan. Yan minus two fifty five. Kovalkiewicz plus two fifteen. Who's your pick? I'm going with Yan here. Kovalkiewicz, like it's really weird. Kind of what happened to her? She lost to she beat Rose at uh, UFC two hundred one by split decision. Then she lost to Yuan for the belt. Lost Claudia Dela. Beat Esquel. Beat Felice Harrigan. Since then, she lost to Jessica Andrade by knockout which was a really bad knockout, lost to Michelle Watson, lost to Alex Grosso. I think this is do or die for a UFC career. I don't think she's going to lose four straight here. And Jan's a really good upcomer coming off that win over at Angela Hill. I think she'll be able to outstrike Carolina, and I think she'll be able to get a decision win here, which might be the end of Carolina in the UFC, which is kind of surprising to see how she was one of the best draw weights just like two, three years ago. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that one. I think Yawn by decision is is a really good bet, actually. I uh, don't see the odds out for that right now. I'm going to double check, but for some reason, it doesn't. it's not showing on best fight odds. The props are out for every other fight. I think that's just a glitch. There probably is a prop out there. I think that's a really good pick, though, Cole. I think Yawn does win a decision here. Kovalkiewicz, you know, she she's on a, a really bad losing streak, has not looked good lately. She's pretty durable for the most part. I know Andrade knocked her out, but mostly she goes to the decision here, and 
Jan is not really like a Willie Zhang type of finisher. I, I think this fight goes a full three, and I would say Jan has a really good shot winning decision. So that's a prop I would look at, guys. But uh, honestly, I think Jan is one of my more confident picks on this card. Call. I can't see Caroline winning this fight. I, uh, I'm not very high on her anymore. I think she's kind of on the decline, like a big decline. Next up, this is a good fight goal. Co-main event, Jimmy Crude against Michael Lexiak. Battle of light heavyweight prospects who need to get a win after the last couple fights. Right now, we have Alexiak minus 140. Jimmy Crude plus 120. Who's your pick? I'm with the underdog and Jimmy Crude. I think striking-wise, I think they're pretty similar. But on the ground, I think Jimmy Crude's a lot better on the ground. I think he even told me, he said, I'm going to test his chin. After that, I'm going to take him down on the ground choke him out. I think that's exactly what Crude's going to do. I think he's going to get a submission win on Alexiak probably in the second or third round. I like this fight a lot. Both guys are very dangerous, but I'm with you, Cole. I like Jimmy Crude. He should be favored, in my opinion. You know, fighting close to home. Uh, slightly younger, just by a year, but still. Um, you know, Alexiak, he is a good fighter for sure. But that last fight against OSP getting choked up by a bomb choking, come on. I, and I know that Crude got not, um, submitted by Shurkinov uh, with that proving necktie, but still, you know, Shurkinov is – a very dangerous ground fight. I'm not saying OSP isn't, but like at this level, you really shouldn't get choked up by a Von Flu choke, and it always scares me when a guy does. I just, I'm really high on crew, man. Even after that last loss, I'm not too worried about him. I think this kid is really dangerous, and I think he could be a future contender. Alexiak's solid, but uh, I like crew here. Uh, kind of leaning towards a finish call. I, you know, both guys are very dangerous, and both guys actually, uh, have been finished in the, all their losses, and I think that's what's going to happen here. Getting Jimmy Crude to win the fight on the ground by submission. Let's see here. Next up, main event call. Here we go. Paul Felder versus Dan Hooker. Five-round fight, lightweight bout. Number five versus number six in the world. And I just wrote a tweet call. I don't know if you saw it. The amount of similarities between these guys is crazy. They're both ranked in the top ten. They're both on two-fight win streaks. They're both 9-4 and four in the UFC. They both made their UFC debuts in 2014. It's crazy, right? So they're finally meeting. It's a really good time for them to meet. Love this matchup, Cole. This should be fight of the night on paper. It's going to be a great fight. Dan Hooker, minus 150. Paul Feller, plus 130. Give me your pick. Yeah, this is such a good fight. I think Hooker's the one with the knock power. I think if it goes to death, I think Paul Felder's going to win. We've obviously seen Felder at knock wins, but as like, he's just been a guy to outgrind people. But I've been – Dan Hooker, he's obviously – that really he's just two fights ago it still reminds me of the Edson Barbosa loss like it's it's still kind of in the back of my head thinking that maybe this could happen but I favor Dan Hooker slightly here I think he has knock power I think he might be able to hurt Paul Felder and get a TKO win in the third fourth round but it's such a close fight I would not be shocked if Paul Felder won like this is gonna be an amazing fight but I'll my pick's Dan Hooker to win this one I like Dan Hooker too man just super dangerous don't get me wrong, both guys are good, and Felder is very technical and a very solid fighter, but Dan Hooker is so dangerous right now with his striking, with his knockout power. He's just a vicious fighter, man. I don't see this fight going five rounds cool. I'll tell you that right now. There's no way this fight goes five rounds, in my opinion. I know people are going to say that because Felder does go the distance, but for me, it's there's no chance in hell. These guys are going to go there and try to kill each other. That's only minus 165 for the prop in the fight, not going the distance, and I actually like that prop a little bit more than either side just because – there's a chance Felder could knock Hooker out as well. But overall, I do like Hooker in this fight, Cole. I like the knockout power. I like the fact he's fighting close to home. I like the age advantage by four years for him. And I like the momentum. I know Felder's coming off a win over Barboza, but uh, that fight, honestly, he probably should have lost that. And overall, you know, I've just been a little bit more impressed with Hooker. So my pick's going to be Dan Hooker to win the fight by knockout. And should be a great fight for however long it lasts. I'm going to get to the questions quickly here, Cole. 
um, from Kenshiro Doju. These are two heavyweight cans. Don't bet your lunch money on them. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with them. I wouldn't bet on that fight between Sosoli and Delima. Yan's the next best fighter from China after Willie Zhang. Easy to pick. Yang was lost in like 9th Street. I agree, and I think that, honestly, the odds could be higher on her in that fight. Carolina stopped retiring since 2009. My, my advice to retire from MMA and marry me so we can have five good-looking babies. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of guys, MMA fans, male MMA fans, would be in the same boat as you, man. She's a very, very attractive woman for sure, and uh, definitely a solid fighter. I just think at this point she's kind of uh, on her last legs. You know, Cole, it's another situation where I think, you know, if Carolina got to the UFC a little bit sooner, she could have had a little bit more success. I mean, she did beat Rose at one point, so she was uh, pretty highly ranked, but, uh, you know, it's, at some point you just kind of start declining, and she has not evolved like Kenshiro Doju said. All right, let's get to Bellator 239 first, Cole, and then we'll do 240. So Bellator 239, pull up best fight odds if you can, Cole. We're just going to do those four fights there that they have listed with odds. We'll start with the top here, I guess. Uh, Ed Ruth against Yaroslav Amosov. Amosov minus 140, Ed Ruth plus 120. Who do you like here? Believe it or not, I'm going with Ed Ruth to hand Amosov his first loss. I just think they're both wrestlers, they're both grinders, and I just think Ed Ruth's the better wrestler. He's a two- or three-time NCAA champion. I know it's multiple times. I can't remember if it's two or three off the top of my head. He's a really good wrestler. Obviously, that loss in Neiman Gracie was tough. I just think his striking is pretty similar to Amosov, but I think the wrestling going to be different. I think Ed Ruth can take a decision win, but I'm shocked that Bellator made this matchup because they're two of their top welterweight prospects. I thought they'd try to keep them away, but it's an interesting fight, but I favor Ed Ruth. Yeah, it seems like Bellator is more like willing to do these prospect first prospect matches. I guess Ruth did lose that fight to Neiman Gracie, but still a prospect. I got to go with Amosov, though, Cole, 22-0. I mean, that says a lot to me, and you know, the guy's got so much momentum, but for sure Ed Ruth with the wrestling has a good chance here. It's a close fight. Honestly, I, I don't think I'd bet on it. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is a dog or pass situation. I could see it kind of going either way. Next up, Miles Jury against Brandon Gertz. Jury minus 250. Gertz plus 210. Who wins this lightweight co-main event? I have Miles Jury to get his first Bellator win, snap his three-fight winning streak. He's Those three losses, Chad Menes, Andre Feely, Ben Sanderson, nothing wrong with any of those losses. Gertz come, he beat Sadawad last time out before that loss to Michael Chandler. He's obviously a tough guy, lightweight, but... I just think Jury's striking is a lot better. I think he can edge out a decision one over Gertz because Gertz is a yeah. tough guy to knock out. Like the way he loses normally by submission, I don't see Jury getting a submission win. Yeah, no, I'm with you on this one, Cole. I think he does stop his losing streak too. You know, look who he lost to, man. Those are not bad fighters, Henderson, Feely, and Mendez. I'm not saying Jury's going to win the lightweight title in Bellator. I don't think he will, but I think he beats Gertz. Gertz is a gatekeeper, and, and this is a fight for Jury to win. Bellator's giving him a fight that he should win. He should win this fight. Do I love the odds? Not really. Minus 250. I don't love laying that kind of juice on Miles Jury, but I do think he wins this fight. All right, two heavyweight fights here, Cole, with identical odds. Tyrell Fortune's minus 700 against Tim Johnson, plus 500. And Valentin Moldovsky's minus 700 against Javi Ayala's plus 500. Are they dog or pass situations, Cole? I think Tyrell Fortune beats Tim Johnson, but I'm actually picking Javi Ayala to beat Valentin Moldovsky. Like, Yaviel is a lot of knock power. He beat, he knocked out Sergio Karatanov in 16 seconds, knocked out Frank Amir. I think this is a fight where he can catch Moldovsky. Ayala is like, he's hit and miss, but just that power and those odds, like, I'd have to, if I had to pick one of those bets, I'd bet Ayala. I just don't see Tim Johnson beating Tyrell Fortune, which is really unfortunate because Bellator is really given, I hope they give Tim Johnson another fight of this because he's obviously a good guy, but he's had a tough fight in Bellator. He fought Czech Congo and then Vitaly Minikov on what, like, five hours notice because yeah. I had like, pulled out on the day of the event. Like, And then Tyrell Fortune's one of their top up-and-coming prospects. Like, 
he's had a tough road, Bellator, but I think Ayala has value. I don't think Johnson really presents a lot of value at, just because I don't see him winning at all. Yeah, I, I like Terrell Fortune in this fight too, Cole. I think uh, this is, to be honest, it's an easy pick. I, I just think he takes down Johnson and smashes him. Probably wins by TKO. I guess a good distance, but I'm thinking TKO. The other fight, though, I'm with you, Cole. I think, you know, that's dogger pass on Ayala. This guy does have KO power. He did knock out Karatanov. Like you said, he knocked out Frank Mir. Moldavski has been, he has lost before, so it's possible he could get finished. Probably Moldavski takes Ayala down and just grinds him out for a really ugly decision, Cole. But I'm with you. It's dogger pass. And, uh, you know, I can't blame anyone. You want to throw a few bucks down on Ayala plus 500? Why not? This guy's pulled off a few upsets in the past where none of us thought he'd win. And eye candy does have KO power, so it's possible here. All right, let's get to Bellator 240 slash Bellator Europe 7, Cole. I hate how they do this. It's so confusing. It's weird. Um, let's, we're going to get to the five fights that do have odds, Cole. We'll start with Bellator 240. Uh, main event, Brent Primus against Chris Bungard. Brent Primus minus 800, Bungard plus 500. Do you give Bungard a chance, or do you think Primus sweeps the floor with him? I think Primus is a first-round stoppage, whether it be submission or knockout. Like, I don't know what they're doing with him. I talked to Primus. I'll have that up at BJ Penn. He's really frustrated with Bellator, just who they're matchmaking him. He's former champion, lost to Michael Chandler, and now they give it up. They put him on these two Europe shows against two local guys. Like, he said he didn't even know who this guy was. He didn't even think he was a real guy. Like, he thought Bellator was just messing around with him. But I don't think Bungard has a shot here, I think. Uh, Brett Primus will earn a stoppage win early in this fight. Yeah, I think Primus wins by submission, Cole. This guy is super dangerous. Cole, he's actually one of the more underrated lightweights, I think, in MMA. No one talks about this guy as dangerous. And everyone kind of, like, gives him crap for the Michael Chandler fight. It's not his fault Chandler, like, twisted his ankle. You know, he won that fight by injury. A lot of guys are won by injury. I think people just kind of sleep on him a little bit. Um, and honestly, I kind of feel bad for the dude because since that loss to Chandler in the rematch goal, like Bellator barely uses him. He fights like once a year on their European series cards. It's weird. He's a very good fighter. He wins this fight for sure. Next up, Kiefer Crosby against IMAC for Tato. Crosby minus 425 for Tato, plus 320. I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about these guys. Any thoughts on this fight? I know Kiefer Crosby is a good uh... – yeah, he's SPG guy. They always hype him up, but I don't know a whole lot about the other guy. But I'll just pick Keeper Crosby. He's a uh, really good on the ground, good uh, top game, good submission game. I think he'll get a finish here. Yeah, he probably does win. I mean, just look at the odds there. And then last fight on that card, this is a good fight actually. Georgie Karakanyan against Paul Redmond. Karakanyan minus one sixty five. Redmond plus one thirty five. No idea why this card's being kind of just uh, swept under the rug by Bellator. It's a pretty solid fight. Who wins, Cole? Yeah. And Karakainen's uh, moving up to lightweight for this one. It's going to be see how he looks. He's obviously coming off that quick loss to AJ McGee. I think Karakainen gets the job done. Redmond's obviously a tough guy, but Karakainen has the more experience. He's fought a lot of top guys. This will be Paul Redmond's like first real big test, and I think I don't think he passed it. I think Karakainen wins probably by decision. Yeah, I, I like Karakainen too. Redmond, you know, Cole, I got to give this guy credit, man. He got cut from the UFC. He's bounced back nicely, but uh, some of the guys he's beaten are just not very good. Kerry Kanyan, another guy that could have been in the UFC years ago, never showed up, and, uh, you know, he's kind of on the climb. The McKee loss was bad, but I still think this guy's got some decent potential left in Bellator. And let's get to Bellator Europe 7, Cole. Just two fights with odds here. Judith Ruiz against Leah McCourt. McCourt minus 425. Ruiz plus 320. And for some reason, the odds actually opened – like flipped with McCourt as a uh, plus 300 dog. I don't know if that was a mistake or not, but uh, they flipped very, very quickly. So it could have been either way. I'm pretty sure you're going to pick McCourt in this fight. Yeah, that must have been a mistake because I had McCourt all the way. This is a girl that I think 
she's going to need one to her fight, and she's going to be fighting Cyborg for the belt. She's three-fight winning streak, but she hasn't fought any of no uh, McCorp by decision probably, but what a weak main event. That's all I got to say. Terrible. I just saw that they rebooked the Cal Eleanor versus James Strabinal fight again for uh, – I don't know when it was. I saw some guy on Twitter just tweeted. I think Shasanga Malada tweeted about it. So they did rebook that fight, and it's the third time they've rebooked it, Cole. And to be honest, I don't care about that fight either. Like, why is James Gallagher fighting guys that no one's heard of? Like, can he fight someone decent? You know, this the thing about Bellator that bothers me, man. Like, they give certain prospects really tough fights all the time, and then they give other guys, like, really weak fights, like the Michael Page treatment. But then they give a guy like Ed Ruth a killer every fight. This is, it's weird, right? It's so inconsistent. Anyways, last fight talk we're here on Bellator Europe 7 with odds. Aaron Chalmers against Austin Clem. Chalmers minus 260. Clem plus 200. I'm assuming you're picking Chalmers here. Yeah, Aaron Chalmers, even though I don't think he's very good, but <laughs> I don't really know much about the other guy. I'll just have Aaron Chalmers probably by decision. Yeah. If anyone has any questions, throw them in right now before we get here. Cole's got Ooh. a lot of work to do, but go ahead, Cole. This Belter card, though, like, I don't get the belt order. Like, they have one, two, three, four. Fifth fight from the bottom is Ricky Van Bejas fighting. It's I like, saw that, too. That's weird. And then Beck Rawlings is right after. I know Beck Rawlings is 7-9 MA, but she's a fairly big name. Like, they have Charlie Ward, who's one of the top guys, SBG and Belter. Like, yeah. I don't get how Bellator is doing this. I don't get why they have 20 fights, but, yeah, it makes no sense to me. Or uh, Richard Kiley just fought in the main event against Michael Page, and now he's on the prelims. Georgia Kerry Conyers in the prelims. Oliver Encamp was in the UFC. He's buried too. Strange. I, I I don't get it. And they have Leah McCourt and Judith Reese as the main event. It's strange, man. And even on the uh, the other card, Cole, the um, 239 card, wasn't that Bolanos guy? I think, yeah, he's buried, Cole. Fourth fight from the bottom. Gaston Bolanos, who I know he lost his last fight, Cole, but everyone was hyping him up as like a major prospect. He's buried down there. And Josh uh, Hill opens up the card. Josh Hill's buried. I was just talking about him the other night because uh, he's a Canadian guy. Keith and Lee's then, making his Bellator debut on that card. Buried third from the bottom. It's it's weird, right? Weird belt order, Cole. Very strange. I don't understand it, but, uh, you know, I, I like to support Bellator and all MMA uh, promotions for giving fighters jobs. And Bellator, of course, pays better than most promotions, obviously, besides the UFC and, I guess, PFL. But uh, I just don't – like, a lot of their decisions, Cole, just make me scratch my head and go, like, why? You know, I don't really get it. Anyways, like I said, if anyone has questions, throw them in here now, and we'll get to them very soon because uh, Cole's got to go, and I have, I have a lot of work to do too. But, uh, Cole, I do want to talk about UFC Rio Rancho quickly before we get out of here because I did talk about yesterday, but I didn't get your uh, chance to hear your opinion. Just on the, the top two fights, really, um, as far as the main event goes, do you think Jan did enough with that KO win over Anderson to jump in line for the title shot? I think he's getting the next shot, Jones. Even Jones was standing on his chair, like, waving his arms. He seemed interested in that fight. I think... That could headline International Fight Week, but Usman Mazel's coming. I know you said that. I think it makes yeah. a lot of sense, but I think Jan's going to be next. I know people are still saying, oh, the race rematch. Like, It's hard to give a t- challenger a loss or an instant rematch when they lost. Like, it rarely ever happens. Thiago Santos, I know he got hurt, but he was technically closer, and he's supposed to be back this July. There's no talk of him getting Jones again. So, like, I know. It, I don't think race is going to get the shot. I think it's going to be Jan Jones in the summer. Yeah, it's. It, I feel bad for Santos. Like he actually had like technically a closer fight because he at least got one of the scorecards in his favor. I thought that Reyes clearly won that fight. No, you thought Jones won goal, but at the same time, I will say that it was a pretty competitive fight and a close fight. I thought he edged it out, but I will say that I guess in the judges' mind, he didn't do enough to convince them that he won the fight. And uh, in my opinion, you know, if there was no other challengers, goal, if there was no one else, 
like right now that's ready to go as a title challenger, I would be all for a Reyes rematch. And I'm still okay with that fight. If they go with the Reyes rematch, whatever, that's fine. I mean, it was a great fight. I'll, I'll watch it again. But I just think with Jan being 36, he's turning 37 next week, Cole. He's getting up there in age. He is on a nice win streak, won seven of eight, won three straight fights. And coming off a huge win where John Jones was in attendance, clapping his hands, and he seemed very interested in the fight. I say book Jan versus Jones, Cole. And then I say you do Tiago Santos versus Dominic Reyes on the same card. Or you could do that as a main event for like a fight night card in the summer and do that for a five-round fight because uh, that fight probably should be five rounds. But I just think it's safer to put on the that card with Jones and Blachowicz just in case there is an injury that you can slide them in. Diego Santos actually did an interview today with MMA Fighting and he talked about uh, how he's probably going to come back in July. So that matches up perfectly cool with my suggestion. The only problem is he says the UFC has not even offered him a ranked opponent. They offered him someone unranked for his return, which is crazy to me. Like, this is what I'm saying, Cole. Santos, I think, is ranked – like, I, he might be ranked higher than Dominic Reyes right now. I'm going to double-check there. Not that the UFC rankings matter, but – No, Reyes is one. Santos is two. Okay, so number two, but he's been offered an unranked opponent. That doesn't even make sense to me, Cole, you know? This is a guy that should be fighting someone in the top ten. You know, if Santos doesn't get the Reyes fight, he should probably fight someone like Uzdemir or something, or even Gustafson, someone like that. You know what I mean? So we'll see what happens there, Cole, but – uh yeah, I think that Jones wants to fight soon. He says he didn't take any damage. He says he didn't take any damage. He says he's ready to go. July makes sense for him. There is that June card that doesn't have in a, a main event book, but typically Jones fights in July on the that international fight week card. I think they'll do that, although Conor McGregor could possibly find that card too, which throws a wrench into things because I don't think they'll put Jones and Conor on the same card. I know that would obviously do a lot of uh, period-wise, but I think probably separately they do just, just as many, if not more. I think that's what the UFC will do. And I just want to talk about quickly about the Diego Sanchez fight, Cole, because there was a lot of, obviously, controversy there. Diego winning the fight by DQ in the third round. Now he's released a statement saying that it was a veteran move to take the DQ. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Perea obviously was going to win the fight, Cole, but uh, ended up pulling a bonehead move, throwing the illegal strike. I mean, DQ is the right call there. Not a no contest because it was an intentional blow. He was trying to hurt him. But uh, it just feels wrong he lost the fight. It's his fault. Um, as far as, you know, quitting goes, I think it is harsh to say Dio quit. I think he just made a business decision call and thought, hey, I can take a win here and get an extra 100,000 win bonus. Why wouldn't he, you know? So I'm assuming you kind of feel the same way about that. Like, you would do the same thing. Yeah, I don't think he quit at all. And I, like, just take it, just, like, get it to your everyday job. Say your boss came up to you and said, if you, you, can, you can just leave right now and you yeah. get, you do, will double your money. Yeah. Or if you keep on working and this project goes wrong, you might get fired. So, yeah. like, that's basically the thing. Like, Diego might knock out another UFC fight if he lost that one. He's guaranteed at least one more fight, doubled his money. Like, it made so much sense for Diego to get it. And really, like, I agree with the statement where he said, all the blame should be on Pereira. Like, he should know yeah. better not to throw that knee. Like, yeah. you were, what, two, three minutes away from winning that fight dominantly. Like, Pereira needs to know not to throw that knee. And just, I don't think Sanchez quit. I just think he made a smart, I just said a smart, Veteran move, doubling his money, guaranteeing another fight in the UFC. I don't want to see him fight again, Cole. After this fight, though, I mean, he got he got hurt bad, Cole. He's taking damage the whole fight, man. I'm not, I have no interest in watching him fight, but I will say he's going to get another fight. We got a couple questions here on Kinsiro. Jones the GOAT. Okay. And then uh, not mad Diego to the DQ and ruined my parlays. Made the veteran move. I don't know why all the fighters hate him for making money off UFC rules. Yeah, it's not UFC rules. It's MMA rules. He played there, – there were rules in the sport, Cole, and he used the rules to an advantage. It is actually a smart move when you think about it. But at the same time, Cole, I'll tell you right now, I can understand why fans are pissed at him. I can understand why other fighters are criticizing him and the media is kind of going after him a little bit. 
it was kind of uh, one of those things where he did ask the ref, I'm going to win by DQ. And I think that's what bothers people, Cole, including myself. It's like, once you said that, you knew that he was trying to get the win and game it. But at the same time, Cole, I would have did the same thing, man. I would have did the same thing. And, and honestly, I think maybe fighters can learn from this. You know, like look at Anthony Smith in that fight with John Jones. Maybe he should have taken the DQ and won the title that way. I know it's a cheap way to win, but he would have doubled his win bonus too, Cole. So maybe that's the way to do it. I know, again, and it's not the most, you know, respectable move by any means, but it's a business decision. Some of these guys are going to start watching out for themselves a little bit because it, it is a selfish game at the end of the day. I, you know, is there anything else on, the, on that card you want to talk about, Cole? I know, I know you uh, you had uh, – what did you have John Dotson? I can't remember, but I think you said that he no. had – I thought he had a shot, but I did not expect him to knock Nathaniel Wood out. That was a really surprising performance. Like that was probably the one that surprised me the most on that card. Um, yeah. Other than that, like nothing totally surprised me. Like Daniel Rodriguez, but I know you were saying like this might be a fight. I said he had a good chance to win, and two weeks in a row where I said a, a dog had a good chance to win and didn't pick a goal. So dumb. I thought Piva looked really good too. He got the knockout. Uh, and then, of course, uh, that Holtzman-Miller fight was a fun fight to watch. Miller's taking a lot of damage too, Cole. That guy's taking a lot of damage. Let's see here. Uh, just a couple more questions. Can't see where it goes. Make 120K or 240K, Mr. Teal? Yeah, it's an easy question. It's an easy answer, right, Cole? Like like you said, Cole, it's like, a it's like your boss saying, you can go home to work early today and we'll double your uh, payday for the day. Or you can stay and maybe double your payday. And Moy's Audio, the V landed on chest, not a DQ. It says two knees first was legal and not grounded at first i thought it might have hit his chest too man but on the replay it seemed like he hit his head and cut him open but uh no i i'll tell you this cole i will say this about the cut i think the cut was the was the difference between the fight being stopped and not because i think if he didn't get cut open cole i think the doctor might have said you know he's fine to go and, and the referee would have been like you gotta go you have to fight again once they cut him open that's what i think swayed it to being kind of a, a disqualification because it did like physical visceral damage otherwise it's hard to know how much damage do you did oh let's say this like anytime you get hit in the head on the ground you're gonna get hurt um anything else you want to say about that cole yeah the, the cut i think was a big reason i think if there was no cut i think they would have forced them to fight but that cut looked pretty deep it was pretty bad and like i don't know like he doubled his money like what else can you say like if anyone has an opportunity to double their salary everyone's gonna take it i agree uh and then the last thing we have to quickly talk about this. Someone asked me, uh, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, it was Kevin. He asked me on the morning podcast call. Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder, too. He asked me who I'm going to pick in that fight. So I'm going to ask you first, who's, who are you going to pick? So I think, hands down, Tyson Fury is a much better boxer. We saw that in the first fight. He's a much more technical boxer. We saw against Louis Ortiz and Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder is not the best technical boxer. Louis Ortiz was winning for seven rounds. But Deontay Wilder only needs one punch. I think he can do it against Fury. We saw him drop Fury twice. That last one probably should have been a knockout. Like, he was out cold to see him come back and wake up from that. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Deontay Wilder is going to knock him out. Probably in the later rounds, I'd say 9 to 12 rounds, he's going to knock him out. Yeah, I did mention the odds. Deontay Wilder minus 120. Tyson Fury plus 110. That's from ProBoxingOdds.com. Close fight for sure. I mean, just as the odds adjust, first fight was a draw. Fury was winning the fight up until the end, and then Wilder dropped him, like you said, Cole. Honestly, I think I would take Fury as a dog, but uh, definitely a close fight. Go either way, man. It's it's a close fight. Are you going to watch the fight, Cole? Yeah, I think I probably will. Yeah, the cool thing about this weekend, so we have Friday night, Bellator 239. Saturday like afternoon, 
UFC Auckland or Saturday morning. I can't remember what it is. I think it's Saturday afternoon. And then Saturday afternoon, Bellator, which I probably won't be watching. I'll be honest, the Bellator Dublin card. And then, probably you have to watch it on the phone or whatever. Exactly. So it's dumb. And then Saturday night, we got the uh, Wilder Fury fight. So it should be good. Moise Audio also likes Fury in this fight. And uh, Kinshiro Doju. Um, from now on, people remember that fight as one of Diego's best showcase of a true veteran OG. I don't know about that, but uh, definitely, I think it'll be a fight where other fighters do look at it and say, hey, man, you know, if I have a chance to take a DQ and get the win, I might as well take it. And uh, he just says to save your money and watch the fight and enjoy it. Yeah, I can't blame him for that. It's a heavyweight boxing fight, Cole, between two heavy hitters, man. I mean, it very well could go your way. And like you said, Cole, it's possible Fury boxes up Wilder for 10 rounds and gets KO'd late or vice versa where, you know, Wilder knocks him out early or maybe he gets knocked out himself. Who knows? It's going to be a great fight, though. Very, very good match. And I think that's going to be it for the questions, Cole. So if you want to plug yourself, we'll get out of here. At Twitter, Akosol91. This week, talk to Crude, Kaikare France. Uh, Brett Primus, Ed Ruth, Miles, Jury, all that's going to be on BJ Penn. Everything else is always on my Twitter. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, Cole. And for me, you guys can check me on Twitter at Martin. As always, feel free to send any questions you want there. And you can check me out at MMAOddsBreaker.com, BJPenn.com, and MMARatings.net, where I have an article on why Yawn deserves a fight against Jones. All right, guys, that's it. Cole, I really appreciate you tuning in, man. Guys, thanks for uh, sticking with us. There was a time change today, but uh, we'll be back at – you know, I'll be back tomorrow at normal time, 10 a.m. And Cole will be back next week at 11 a.m. to preview the UFC Norway Norfolk card, which Cole actually broke the main event for a few months. And ago. Comey, because Felicia Spence. And Comey, man. You, man, you were a beast on that card. You were killing it. Uh, that yeah. fight should not be Comey. I thought that fight was going to be prelim, maybe opening main card. But we'll make, we'll make fun of it next week. Okay, Cole. Yeah. All right, guys, have a great day. Thanks again, Cole, for joining me. Bye, guys.